What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining me. Coming at you from Thursday morning. I'm going to put this out, well, Thursday afternoon or evening. Probably just post it as soon as I'm done here because I just, I, I got a little behind uh, with travel stuff. I've been, uh, I was in California over the weekend, came back to Michigan for a couple of days. I'm out to Philadelphia for a week and a half tomorrow. So quick turnaround. And um, every time I do one of these like quick turnarounds, have a couple of days at home, I always think I have more time than I do. And I don't. So was getting things done. Uh, also, um, I'm depressed again. So that gets in the way of things. So <laughs> that's, a, that's fun. So if you are trying to get in touch with me or something and I, I'm, I'm late to get back to you or, or I'm distant, know that. Uh, everything's good. But, you know, I've just been uh, going through some shit. And I, I mentioned it on this podcast because why not? Why not talk about things that I go through? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been a weird year. It's been, this year has been the hardest year of my life to start. I had to see, well, not see, but Louis, Louis passed away. Louis Anderson passed away in January. A week later, uh, the dog that I was closest to in the world had to be put down, Cubby. Last night, Bucky got put down. The stock market had its worst opening to the year since 1980, so my entire lifetime, which that doesn't really affect, honestly, that doesn't really play into my emotions that much. It's just when other things are going on, it can just like snowball. So when other things are going on in my life and I see like, and I look at the markets, I'm like, and the markets are down 500 points, man, I can't get, can't get a break. So it just like snowballs my emotions and, and shit like that. Um, but whatever, I think, um, you know, Maybe it's seasonal depression. I'm going back to therapy and stuff like that. Uh, but and I just say I, I say this stuff because uh, I, I think it's good to uh, if people are feeling weird themselves, they should deal with it. I think I did that for a long time. I didn't deal with things. I just kind of swept things under the rug. So trying to be uh, have a more clear mind, if you will, you know. Um, so that's about as much detail as I need to go into. But you know, just want to do a mental health check on folks. It's funny because even the Discord group that I've, I've mentioned before with Keanu Trades, uh, it's a stock discord group that I'm in, a lot of options traders. We'll talk a lot about that today, actually. But we even have a mental health channel in our discord group. It's very important. So especially if you're, like I said, even when you're trading, trading can get uh, very emotional. It can get, especially if you're not used to it, if you're newer to the game and you come in and you see money get lost, it, it can be it can be tough. It can be hard to stomach. It can, it can mess with your emotions. I know when I first got back into it <clears throat> years ago and would take bigger hits, it would definitely affect how I treated people. I would be like nasty to people during the, I'd be like angry during the day. It would really affect my day. Now it's like, it doesn't really matter. It's like, I've, I'm sure I've, I've been in some of my best moods on days. I've lost thousands and thousands of dollars uh, just because now I, I've matured with, with the game and I know what's going on. I'm like, all right, whatever it sucks, but it'll come back. You know, it is what it is. So um, yeah, but I bring all that up. It's cause we, uh, it's important. Um, and to tag on to, to all that, uh, I was in LA this last weekend, like I mentioned, um, just a quick trip, had to go out there for work in and out. Didn't get to see too many people. Saw some folks. Um, it was great. Nice to be back in, in uh, California for a quick minute. I forget how daunting that flight across country is. I, I, as much as I love, I have a love hate relationship with California. It's beautiful. And people always ask if I'm going to go back there. And I don't think I'm going to, not for any length of time. Like I'll go back for, you know, a couple of weeks here and there, a month at a time, whatever. But I'm not going to move back full time anytime soon, if ever, 
just because it that flight, man, for how much I travel, like I hate doing that cross country flight out of LAX. Now this time I got to fly into Ontario, California, because I was doing some stuff closer to that airport and then just rented a car and drove into LA afterwards. But so it was a lot easier flying into Ontario, in and out of Ontario. But because of that, I had to get connections. Connecting in Denver, connecting in Phoenix on the way back. So connecting on the way over, two hour delay leaving Chicago, two hour delay leaving Denver, blizzard getting to the train in Chicago. So it's like, and as I look at where I want to move in the next few months here, uh, probably towards like me summer, end of summer, I, um, I love the Midwest, but man, I don't know for how much I have to travel doing it during all these snowy months is tough. So maybe go a little bit further South. I don't think I'm going to go to California, like I said, but we'll see. Maybe I like North Carolina a lot. I've always talked about that. So maybe I'll look at some spots in North Carolina. I've been kind of eyeing some, I've been keeping an eye on some property and some housing down there just in case. Um, and same with like Tennessee, North Georgia. So maybe we'll see something on that area. My rule is I just want to be within a day's drive of Michigan so I can visit family in a day being 10, 11, 12 hours. I can, that's fine, uh, of a drive. And then, um, being big, close to a big airport. So keep my eye on that. I, I've, I've always wanted to add real estate to my portfolio. Now I just kind of want to, I, I don't think I've can feasibly do it in anytime soon. I'm looking to rent at the moment, but I have been looking at house rentals and just properties just in case something comes up or like some land. Like if I find some land that's cheap in a decent area, maybe I'll just buy it and hold it. So why not? The only problem with it's annoying with land is you can't finance it. Like I can't be like, Oh, that land's 75 grand. Cool. Let me just uh, give you 20 and then finance it. Cause I don't want to give them all of it at once. That'd be annoying. And then sit on a $75,000 piece of land. And that money's not making you any money. It's just sitting there. Now, it probably would go up depending on where it is, but I don't want to necessarily do that. So it'd be nice to be able to finance a piece of land, but the powers that be don't allow you to do that. You can't finance land unless you're going to build on it immediately. So they prevent people like us from doing that. Huh? Convenient. It is funny how when you get through, the more you find out about financial uh, just like tricks and information like tax laws or different you know, how mortgages work, things, just different stuff. Like you, you find more tricks for the, for the mega wealthy. You're like, Oh, I see how this works. It's annoying and it's frustrating, but know it and learn to operate within that system. It's my whole point to like the stock market too. I make this point all the time, especially in recent weeks. Do I at my core think that these companies are God's gift to the earth? Of course not. They're evil blood sucking billionaire companies. But they're runaway trains. And some are doing good things to help some smaller businesses, which I appreciate. I'm not going to sit here and say Square is UNICEF, but I do appreciate what they've done for small businesses during the pandemic and going forward. Same with Shopify. So yeah, they're not all <clears throat> all evil. They're definitely not all good. But again, know the game and learn to operate within it and get out, you know, like that's my, that's my thing with investing. It's like, I'm not going to be one of those people. I can't imagine, um, ever being one of those people that has like five, $10 million and is still like trying to squeeze out money out of the market. I'd probably leave some in there and let stuff ride out, but I wouldn't be like actively like, Oh, how can I get more more? It's like, that's why the stuff with like some of these Congress people trip me out. Like the, it's like, we all know that they shouldn't be allowed to trade. And I know they're working on like some stuff where like judges can't trade or like something like federal judges, I think can't do trades, but it's like, who gives a shit about that? Like we need the, we need the policymakers, you know, Pelosi had some 
some nice trades recently. And and we this is no surprise. I've talked about him before on the show. But last month at the end of last month, Nancy Pelosi exercised some options on some pretty big companies, some pretty big options. Uh so I'll go through them real quick. But this is just like this is crazy to me. Um and I I'm excited to talk more about options because we're going to that's going to be our next uh distraction. It's going to be good. So Nancy Pelosi, if you don't know about options, options contracts, it's very advanced trading. Uh, it's the big leagues, you would say, of trading. I'm, I'm starting to learn it more, but just I'm still like a baby with it. I'm getting better. I know more than most, obviously, but still enough to start trading and trading them confidently. No, not yet. I just needed a few more, like maybe a couple months of, of hardcore like training first. Because <clears throat> that's how that's how crazy options are. Unless you know the game, I'm not sitting here saying Nancy Pelosi is this advance of a traitor. Absolutely not. Nancy Pelosi is an idiot. She's not just not gonna be able to do this on her own. This is because she has inside information and knows the game. She's a policymaker, knows how things are gonna happen. And I say policymaker because, and like being a cabinet member, because she can play the game at such a higher level than even like a senator. You know, she can really tap into what's going on, especially right now with the inflation stuff and the rate hikes. She's a phone call away from Fed Chair Powell. Imagine being able to buy options contracts and having the Fed Chair on your phone. How does that make any sense, right? So anyways, she actually exercised some options. She bought some call options. Call options basically are a call is you're betting a stock to go up. And anytime you have an option contract, most people do not exercise the option. It's called an option because at the end of the during the contract, you... Well, at the end of the contract, you have the option to exercise your right to buy the shares that you bought the contract for. Each options contract is for 100 shares. So most people don't exercise their their right to buy the options because it's a shitload of money um, that you're swinging. And most people don't do that. Most people buy and trade just the contracts and make money on the contract moving up and down. The volatility of the price of the contract. That's where most options traders make their money, just on little little options trades, like just on contract trades like that. Not actually ex- the whole exercise in the options thing is for two people: insider traders and CEOs with their compensation packages. That's what Elon did. He didn't take a t- he didn't take a salary for forever. He bought, then he got his options. Uh, his he exercised his options contracts, which is part of his compensation package. Then it triggered all the tax stuff. Go on Twitter, the whole world blows up about Elon. So, but that's who it's for. They're these I've and I've said for a while. I think options contracts should be like um, illegal. You know, like they should. They're so they said they create such volatility in the market. There's such bullshit. You know, it's like. But now I'm like seeing like, oh, I could see how you, the little guy could use them to their advantage. But the big people like Pelosi exercising options, doing all this crazy shit. Um, so these are the ones that she had. So Alliance Bernstein Holding. She exercised her right to purchase 10,000 units, 10,000 shares. I didn't give a price on this one. I don't know why. But the next one, American Express. She exercised 50 call options. So 5,000 shares expiring uh, January 21st at a strike price of 80. So she got 5,000 shares of American Express at $80 a share. It's at like 140 a share now. Apple, she got 100 call options, so 10,000 shares of Apple at a strike of 100. Apple's at like 166. PayPal, she got 50 call options, 5,000 shares at a strike price of 100. So she probably made, uh, what, 70K on that one. 
And these are, by the way, these are the numbers are if she sold right now. These are in the money contracts. Walt Disney, uh, the Disney company, she exercised 100 call options, so 10,000 shares at a strike of 100. Again, another nice little, uh, what's Disney at? That's almost a double up too, isn't it? <clears throat> oh, one for 47. So $47, so half mil on that one. So about 700K on the Apple one, about a half mil on Disney, about 100K on PayPal, another half mil on the American Express. All told, I mean, just if she was to sell, just if she was to take the stocks that she got from these options and sell them, she would have cleared a couple million. Um, and who knows what she actually paid for these contracts, the premium for these contracts. But, and also these are in the money contracts, which as I'm learning with options, that's some of the more risky stuff, both in the money contracts, which are when you buy a call option and you're buying the stock when the price is already below what the market price is. So say... Let's use uh, Apple for example. Her Apple, <clears throat> her Apple call option was for a hundred dollars. That's an in the money option because Apple stock is at one sixty six. And even if she bought this in the fall, which I think she did, even then Apple was at like one forty, one fifty, one thirty. Even at the worst, it was one twenty. It was never sub a hundred. So at no point was that an out of the money or an at the money contract. That was always an in the money contract. Uh, so was the PayPal one. So was the Disney one. They all were shit, which is also, again, indicative of a much riskier trade, insider trading. Um, it's not it's just funny to me where it's like this is prison for anyone else that can do this shit. And then, you know, she buys these contracts <clears throat> at a cheap price, I'm sure. Now she can buy the she can buy the op, she can buy the uh, the stock at these prices. And oh, they tied all back in with the Fed chair. Markets went on a spike big time yesterday uh, and have kind of been creeping up recently and probably because of this, because Fed Chair Powell announced yesterday there was going to be a smaller than expected rate hike, which is what everyone's been freaking out about with this inflation shit. So it's like, holy hell, she bought these contracts, sold them, probably knew all along, like, hey, what's our plan with this inflation shit? Okay, cool. I'll do that. And then just if she knows what it's going to be. She can play the trades and just know like, okay, it's going to pop around here. This news will be here. She knows when the next Fed meetings are going to be. If you know the topic of the meeting, you know how the markets are going to move. I mean, come on. <clears throat> it's crazy to me. So, but she's doing the dirty part of options. Now, what's inspiring is when I was in California this last week, I had dinner with the one and only, the famous Keanu Trades from Twitter, Discord, Instagram, you name it, whatever. The options king, uh, doing very well with his options groups on Discord and Twitter. Uh, I've, I've, I'm on the Discord. I talk about it on here. If you want to join the Discord, send me a message. I'm trying to be more active on there. I haven't been as active on there with Cash Pineapples because I've been busy with my own life. Uh, but that's going to slow down a little bit sooner, uh, soon here, and um, put more focus on that. Also, like I said, I'm, I'm really laying in. I'm really leaning into the options stuff. I'm going to be learning a lot more for the next couple of months. Keanu, he has like uh, education packages you can buy. He sent me a couple of them. And I think the one that was like a hundred bucks he sent me, but I would recommend that one. It's just a very good, like put together, like uh, trading keys guide. And then he also sends a bunch of like uh, YouTube videos and Excel sheet where it's like, Hey, start here. These are the basics. Uh, the one I'm going through now is an options you can do one for options for Robinhood, options for Webull. I have Webull, so I'm learning the one on Webull, just so I don't have to like relearn the software for another uh, app. But 
that's like a two and a half hour video and super good. I'm getting through. I'm like barely through it. I'm just, I started it a couple days ago. So what's today? March 3rd. I literally started learning about options for real at the beginning of this month. So starting March 1st will be the beginning of my options training. And honestly, Keanu, like he says, what I like about it is he does very well with it. And a lot of people like, I love seeing the success of people in this group. And what's crazy is a lot of it's like, he's a high school teacher. So a lot of these kids, like not a lot of them, but like one of the guys in the group is like a 19 year old kid who's just like killing it. I'm like, man. And then uh, some of these other guys are like early twenties, mid twenties. Dude, these kids are going to be so rich. <coughs> Excuse me. These kids are going to be killing it. They already are. Um, Cause the thing that he points out is and a mistake. I see a lot of people make with options trades are they're always looking for that big trade, that $5,000 trade, that $10,000 trade. And it's like, I'm not saying you can't get those. That's possible. But from what I'm noticing is in what Keanu preaches is look, learn a couple of patterns, know them well, follow just a couple of stocks. Hey, something we talk about, narrow your focus basically, because you can't, you can't <clears throat> wrap your head around everything. It's too much information unless you're like, crazy on the spectrum like a like that kid from like Norway who was like a chess champion you know if you have some sort of something like that then hey by all means but barring that you know uh just lean into a couple you know a couple of patterns that you really can get nailed down and start to identify like the candlestick patterns I'm talking about uh which is a charting technique if you're not familiar there's uh different ways you can look at charts that's one of the more popular ones for especially for options traders Japanese candlesticks, uh, just the way they, you, that's a whole study unto itself is learning those patterns. That's a whole nother thing unto itself, but good to know if you know it, this is all, and again, this is all very advanced stuff. Like if you're, <clears throat> one of the things Keanu talks about too, is like, before you even get into options is, are you a good candidate for options trading? How well do you know the market? Do you know your limits? Do you know what you can risk to put aside? Are you okay with losing money? Cause even he talks about being, he's like, I'm 70% right. 70, 30. And he's like, that's pretty good. He's like, it's just like, you know, you're not going to be perfect all the time, but if you can be 70%, you're going to make some money. And like, yeah, you might get the big trades every once in a while, but really you're just going to get those, you know, hundred bucks here, 200 bucks here, a few hundred bucks here. And what's cool about options. And this is something that <clears throat> it can be misleading because I see this a lot with options, videos and trainings and whatever courses is it's pitched a lot to people that have less money because it is a way to make more money with less money. You can leverage your smaller account with options contracts and make more money because the other way to make money and which is a lot of people struggle with and why a lot of people don't even get into the market is because they look, Oh, Amazon's $3,000 a share. I have to buy, put on $3,000. And if it goes up a hundred bucks, I only get a hundred bucks for my $3,000. That's what, that's honestly what most people think. Or even like with others, Oh, Apple's $170 a share. I got to buy, even if I buy two shares, I only make 60 bucks if it goes to 200. And so they don't think they just don't they don't think about accumulating and they don't think long term. But that's that, again, that's long term investing, accumulating, and that's what we've been doing for forever and we'll keep doing. But to add to this options now, like I said, it can be misleading because they're saying, "Hey, you have less money, get into options trading." Now, yes, you can use less money. That is smart. But options, like we said, is a very, very, very advanced form of trading. So if you don't know what you're doing, that little tiny account isn't going to help you. It's just going to disappear unless you get super lucky, which luck will only last you so long. So the point being is you can do it with small amounts of money, but really learn what you're doing first in paper trade. That's what I'm going to start doing. Paper trading is basically fake trading. You can do it on a, 
on Thinkorswim, I believe is the app. It's an app run in partnership with TD Ameritrade. I think I set up a TD Ameritrade account for options trading. I think I can also do it in Webull. So I'll probably do, I'll have them both set up. Um, I haven't funded the Ameritrade account yet. I just have it set up. Um, could just be nice to have, like I said, it's nice to have multiple brokerages just in case one goes down or spread money across different, different platforms. It's fine. Um, I do that already. And like I said, to have one to not distract you from the other, like I had the small Webull account to, so I don't mess up the big Schwab account. And now I'll have a separate options account to not mess up the Webull. So it's like, you just, you just kind of like have it just distractions and, and kind of make them all work. And when they're all kicking, then you're making money where you're like, you know, it's nice, but it can also go the other way when like things have been happening the last couple months where you're just getting punched in the dick every week. But to back to the options, follow Keanu, get on the discord, get the group. I'll learn more. I'm going to tell them, I'll talk more about it as we, as we learn, but uh, I'm just barely getting into it. Like I said, but just know this, it's a lot of what I'm, what I'm noticing and what I've, what I've put together from the group is yes, there's some people making big money and you can work up to that. But for example, Keanu, when he started doing discord, the discord group, he had done, uh, like I always tell, like I put, put on this podcast, like if you don't have a, a, a Webull account, I always try to put a link to Webull. So if you want to join Webull, click on the link in the description for this episode because you get free stocks for yourself and for me. He would do the same thing on Twitter for forever where he would just post stuff and be like, hey, if you want if you want to support you know, me or whatever, the Discord, just open a Webull account. You get stock, I get stock. And he would do that. And so at what point he had like 400 and some dollars, like $440, he said, of free stock from Webull. He sold all this, you know, they're all, a lot of them are bullshit stock. It's like pieces of like GM or four, just dumb shit. And so he sold them all to cash, took that $440 and turned it in one month to 21 grand, I believe. Was it one month? I think so. I'll check the screenshot, but whatever. He took $440 and turned it into $21,000. So a gain of 6,100%, something like that, over 6,000%. And that's when he was like, okay, now we can join the, we can launch the discord. I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah, man. So, but that's a perfect example of like, look, $440 leveraged into 21 grand. Because the nice thing about options is, you know, your downside when you're getting into it, when you buy an options contract and those contracts fluctuate, I'll talk more and more about this as we get into it. But I think of options contracts, a simple way to think of the pricing of them. The contracts change in price all the time, just like stock price. Think of options contracts, just like stocks. They just are a different way of operating. They're a little more complex and there's more moving parts, but the, the, the way they, you could, the similar, uh, in the way they move, right. With, uh, gains and losses, things like that, how the price moves. So when you're buying an options contract, that price, that price will fluctuate. But if you want, if you can buy it at a, at a certain price, you know, and, and also by the way, certain, certain stocks are too expensive to even begin with. So there's certain stocks you'll you'll realize with options where it's like, oh man, this is like too expensive to even trade options on because people are like, oh, I can bet on Tesla swinging ten, fifteen dollars. Well, that's that's not an easy that's an easy prediction to make. It's a volatile stock, so that options contract is going to be a lot more expensive than something that doesn't swing. So you got to look at volatility. Keanu preaches that looking at volatility first, <clears throat> and then, like I said, following just a couple of stocks because some of these options options contracts can price you out. They're too expensive for you to even play with to begin with. You might be spending thousands of dollars on a contract, and if you lose, you lose it all. But that's the beauty of it too. If you go for these smaller plays, let's say you buy an options contract that's like two seventy-five, so it's a hundred shares. Remember, so two seventy-five, so that'd be two hundred seventy-five dollars for the contract. But say you buy that call option for two hundred seventy-five dollars, 
and that stock goes up a couple of bucks that day, now that options contract is $380, let's say, or $350, let's say. Bam, you sell it. You just made, what, 80 bucks? And you can make it in a, in a matter of minutes, seconds, hours, depend, and, and you can change the price. I mean, same with puts. Calls are for the stock going up. Puts are betting on the stock going down. Contracts are going to work the same. And so that's what he's doing all the time, just buying and trading those contracts. Rarely are they exercising the options, like we said, like Pelosi did, exercising the right to buy all 100 shares at said price. It's a shitload of money. So rarely are you going to do that. You're just going to trade on the contract price and take those little profits. And so that's what my goal is going to be. Just like, hey, a couple hundred bucks a day, a couple hundred bucks here. Uh, That's kind of the move. But then before you know it, take that money, roll it into bigger investments, take it out for yourself, whatever you want to do. But that's how you can now. And what I like about that too is you're now making money on the moves and not necessarily investing in some of the companies. Because there's some companies I don't like giving my investment dollars to. And so it's like, okay, I don't want to invest in this company because I don't really believe in what they're doing. But I can look at their pattern, look at their chart and see where I could maybe make a trade and make some money on them without giving them any of my investment dollars. So I like that. I like that a lot. And then I can just focus on putting my money where I want to with good companies that I think are going to actually help the world in a way. So I think so that's kind of the move. I think it was really interesting. It was a very inspiring dinner. I had with Keanu. We had sushi. I forget the name of the place, but it was amazing. He lives in uh, the Riverside area of Los Angeles. It's a little suburb, a little out of the city. And we walked around downtown Riverside, had amazing sushi. And it was like, what I love about it, like I, I love all kinds of sushi. Well, not all kinds of sushi. Let me take that back. I don't like gas station cheap sushi. Although if it's good, I'll still get it. But you know what I mean? I don't like basic bitch, like terrible sushi. But I like expensive sushi or whatever. But I, I like that the best is when you can find just that quality spot that's not overpriced, but not dirt cheap where it's like, it's all fake. You know, it's all fake meat in there and like the rice is hard. So it was a very, it was a really, really good, like quality sushi place at a very fair price. Like we had a ton of sushi. I think our bill was like a hundred bucks and we had a bottle of sake and like beer and shit. It was crazy. So amazing, amazing deal. Super fun time. Talked about options con- uh, the, pretty much the whole time. And then walked around downtown Riverside, went to the Mission Inn, I believe it was called. This amazing building, amazing hotel in downtown Riverside. Gorgeous. Looked like a, it's like a castle. It's unbelievable. Uh, I would love to stay there at some point. Keanu was saying he was like dude every single room in here is different like every room is unique to itself he's like I stay he he lives in town he's like I live a few miles from here but I'll stay he's like me and my wife will come here every once in a while and just do a staycation for a night or two just because it's such a sweet hotel it's so beautiful and it is it was amazing so that was cool all very inspiring stuff and I just love seeing what that group is doing too you know um just to go to tag on to I think I like the idea of options and what it can do for you and, and a lot of the reasons why I like it but Beyond that, um, I just love seeing what he's doing for a lot of these people in this group. You know, look at the mental health channel in that group. It's like people say some really powerful stuff and some really cool things. And like some people were really lost before they got into that that discord and, you know, got into options and really found some purpose. Like some of these guys, you know, these younger kids, I should say, really, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, finding a little more direction in their life at a, at a good age to uh, make some money. It's like, that's, that's awesome. So it's like, and, and I think he, you know, Keanu outside of, out of, uh, like I say, he's a teacher and he deals with a lot of like more high risk kids and stuff. So I think he's, it's like a perfect person to kind of direct people where he's like, Hey man, I know you might think you don't, don't, can't do this or that, but your brain would really work for this. And that's what he's done with a couple of people. And, and he, and he's not, he doesn't sell it short. He's like, look, man, got to practice like paper trade for a while. It's going to take you months, like learn for months, like practice, 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 and then get into it. Like it's not easy. 
but I'll help you every step of the way. We got the group. We got all these tools. So I think it's super awesome. It's inspiring. It's kind of what we try to do with cash pineapples. But when we're, when we're doing long-term investing, like we can't, you know, like I said, week to week, I'm not making moves, not selling anything. I'm just looking at opportunities when they arise and telling and saying why things are happening. Now, right now, everything is all macro. It's all it's all Russia, Ukraine. So it's it's kind of a hard market to trade right now. But if you're a long-term investor, there's going to be a lot of opportunities because God knows what's going on, you know. And when that happens, there's a lot of opportunity. And when, when things are uncertain, come in. So, but how long can I say that for 45 minutes every week, right? So I I want to find uh, I like this uh, other avenues where I can find some. Uh, some information, some material, some content. I'll try, like I said, I'll, I'll share my, my options journey here, but it's going to be a couple months of practicing like paper trading, you know, Keanu's like, Hey man, LeBron still shoots free throws. You know, you got to paper trade, you got to practice, like do that and then get into it. So exciting stuff. Let's see what some uh, new stuff coming up here. Oh, I want to talk about this. Did I leave the page open? I did. Sweet. Novonix released their half-year report uh, just a couple days ago. And it basically just summed up, if you've been following this podcast and stuff I've been talking about with Novonix, like I know it's taken a hit recently, but a big opportunity, man. Like They just had this half-year report come out uh, last week. And guess who it was done by? My former employer, PricewaterhouseCoopers, was the accounting firm that did the audit. So what I like about this too, they have a lot of cash and cash equivalents. They have plenty of assets. They have a healthy balance sheet. But if you go through this Novonics, uh, this report and I'll, if anyone wants it, send me a message. I'll send you the link. I forget how I found it, but if you just probably Google Novonics half year report, you can find it. Uh, but they talked about the first thing they talked about on the page or in this report, when they get down to breaking down the highlights of, of the last year, the first thing strategic hires on July 1st, 2021, Professor Jeff Don joined as chief scientific advisor. In this capacity, Professor Don will provide advice with respect to Novonics initiatives across its battery materials and research businesses, as well as key customer and business development projects. Hell yeah. We love Jeff Don. That was our original reason. Now, it's funny. they That was when it became official, but they announced that in like January. Cause that's when I bought the stock was January of 2021. And then he that went into effect in July. But that was news six months before. So that's when I got in on it. And then sure enough, July, August is when some big news starts happening. They built a new facility in Tennessee in July. The Phillips 66 acquisition happened in, in August. It, NASDAQ inclusion announced that they were looking on um, being added to the NASDAQ index in September. Added some board addition from Phillips 66 in October. November, the facility opening in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We talked about the the facility that will produce high-capacity synthetic graphite anode material for lithium-ion batteries. So that opening up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And like I said, follow the cabinet members. The Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, was at that facility when it opened. So again, anytime you have the federal government showing up to your plant, it's a good sign that you're probably going to get some cash. And then keep going down through it. There was just some more stuff where they talked about some battery um, development capabilities and some results of an environmental impact study. I think I talked about this very briefly on an uh, episode a few months ago. But Novonix announced that the preliminary results from an assessment 
by Minviro, an independent globally recognized sustainability and life cycle assessment consultancy firm. That's a mouthful. So that firm showed that Novonics anode materials, the stuff they're making in Tennessee, GX23 synthetic graphite product offers an approximate 60% decrease in CO2 emissions in a life cycle assessment. So they have 60% better batteries or gonna, their material will decrease CO2 emissions by 60% for the life cycle of uh, the product. So again, that, that was just like a kind of a small thing, just, just to kind of flex their muscle. Like, hey, our technology is really good. That's basically all that's saying. Then in January of this year, Novonics and Philips 66 signed a technology development agreement to advance production of lithium-ion batteries in North America. Again, that's the Tennessee stuff. Novonics announces investment supply chain agreement with Core Power. That was in January. And then the big news, the fun news, February 1st, commenced trading on the NASDAQ through Level 2 ADR program, American Depository Receipts. So commenced trading on the NASDAQ, which is the, you know, big index, uh, so what was cool about that is, and I talked about this, I think last week or the week before, now I'm not going to sell any of my Australian shares of Novonics because that was a hard, it was hard to kind of get access to Novonics before because you had to buy it on Schwab or I forget who else. I know people wrote to me and said where they could buy it, but there was a bunch of different places you could buy it, but like you couldn't buy it on certain brokerages. Like I know you couldn't buy it on Webull. I don't think you could buy it on Robinhood. Probably, actually you probably could because I remember people that, anyways, you couldn't buy it on certain things and even if you could, you had to pay that $50 fee to buy or sell. So fuck that, especially if you're buying smaller amounts of shares. If you're not buying thousands at a time. That's kind of annoying, kind of a wash anyways. So now you don't have to do that. You can just buy NVX, Novonix Limited on the NASDAQ. It's $15.60 a share right now. So it's basically whatever the, the Novonix Australian shares are listed at, it's four times that. So they're going to move together. Like yesterday, I think Novonix was up like 5.35% and Novonix, the, the, uh, American listing was up like 3.36 or 5.36, like a tenth of a difference or a hundredth of a percent difference. So they're going to move very closely together. So if you don't want to buy the Australian shares, like I'm just going to hold on to mine because I have them and just keep them because why not? So if you don't want to um, buy those and pay those fees, just buy the NVX and pay the fee. And you can just buy those whenever the hell you want, not pay the fee, buy one share at a time. And that's going to be still tied to Novonix and everything that they're doing. And that's and what I like about NVX, like I said last week, that specifically is tied to the Tennessee facility, which is the only of its kind in the United States to create that graphite material for lithium-ion batteries. So, again, if you want to look up that report, you can go through all the financial statements too in that same report. Just Google it or ask me; I'll send it to you. So it's in the. Um, again, all the financial statements are there: the balance sheet, income statement, all that fun shit. All the stuff I used to do as a accountant. What a fun time. Give me a little PTSD reading through that thing. But basically, that's what the shit I used to do when I worked for an accounting firm. That's the stuff that we did. You would just go through their company's financials and go through all their, their information and uh, put together the statements. That was it. And it's boring. <laughs> so didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. Uh, all right. So get that out of the way. All right, let's see what else I want to talk about as far as stock stuff. I think markets just opened because I'm recording this in the morning. But again, I'm not really doing too much. I think I think we're coming out of this little bit of a correction that we had recently. God, who knows what's going to happen with Russia. To me, honestly, I don't want to, I never try to make this super political, but I just think everything that's going on in, in the Ukraine and Russia is just kind of a distraction or there's something else going on. Like there's some bigger motive here where it's like, is Putin really trying to get the whole world to blow him up? 
Is he really that crazy? No, like there's something there's something going on here that no news network's going to tell us about, right? And it, it's a something with money and power and resources. So it's always follow the money, right? But I just don't know what it is yet. So I just... I, I'm going to take the opportunities the market will give me, but I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to sit here and say uh, confidently one way or the other, but do I really think it's going to turn into World War III and nukes going to start flying everywhere? No, I don't. And if that does happen, who gives a fuck about money anyways? That was my whole point about COVID in March of 2020. I will never forget walking around Lake Michigan and having that moment where I'm like, fuck it. I'm putting the rest of my money in the stock market when it was when it was really down because... In my mind, I was like, I can, I'm gonna have enough cash coming in with unemployment to like, and I'm, I'm living at home at the, I was living at home, so I had, I could, you know, pay the bills because there wasn't any, just pay my cell phone, health insurance, shit like that. So it's like I'm, I'm living minimally. I can, I can easily just put all this extra in the market and come back up on unemployment, and then work will come back. And that was the plan. That's what I did. And, I, and I, the reason I did that, there was no fundamental analysis, there was no technical analysis there. It was simply, okay, what company's going to benefit the most from the way the world's going now? Tech, obviously. And then what's going to happen? Like, okay, well, how much worse can it get? If it gets any worse, you better just have a gun laying around. So who gives a shit? Right? Sometimes things get so low, it's like, okay, well, who cares about money now? And so that was kind of my, my doomsday prediction was just like, okay, well, if it's going to be this bad, I'll just, uh, load up more. And if it keep, you know, if it keeps going down, then we're, then we're all fucked. Um, but now we're back and we're alive and the markets are okay. Somewhat. <laughs> uh, it is funny to look at some of these stocks though. Now that are back at March, 2020 or worse, like Facebook, it's like, oh, geez. Or Square even, really. It's close. It's not there, but it's close. You know, I remember you could have bought Square in April of 2020 for the 70s. You know, it got to 83 a couple of weeks ago. It's damn close to the COVID low. So crazy. And what's crazy is everyone slept on it. You know, as much as my phone was blowing up last January because of the hot markets, like 2020 was hot and then 2021 started red hot into February and then all the shit started going crazy. Volatility came back hard. And a lot of people got shook out. And then the most, the rest of them got shook out at the end of last year coming into this year. But everyone hit up my phone last year, end of, uh, beginning of January, end of January. It would have been the worst time to invest. But of course, everyone's like, I want to invest. It would have been the absolute worst time to invest within the last probably five years. Yeah, probably would have been the worst time to invest within the last five years. And I could not have had more messages. But that's just how it works, right? When, you, when, it's, when it's going up and it's comfortable, everyone's like, let me get it. Let me get it on there. When shit's hitting the fan, it's radio silent, right? So take it. Like I said, when things are boring, that's when you should be making moves. Like when Bitcoin is boring, that's when you should be buying a little bit. When stock market's boring, well, it's not really boring, but when people aren't talking about all the money they're making and it's kind of t- that's like that's that's when you come in on it. Amazon stock, to be honest, has been kind of boring for a year. It had a pop because of a big earnings at the beginning of this uh, last quarter, but then all the the correction happened and it washed it all out. But what does that tell me? that company is still posting those record earnings and it got washed out because of a macro event. So, Hey, maybe come in and buy some more while it's taking a beating for, on for dumb reasons. So that's the way to play it. Uh, I'll keep saying it and I'm kind of building cash right now. Cause I'm just trying to look at other stuff. Like I, I love investing in all that, but I'm trying to build up cash for other investments outside of the stock market. I'll still do the option stuff, obviously, and still do long-term investing as I, as I see opportunities, but I'm building cash. Cause I, I do like the idea of, I talk about, I'm in a couple of seasonal businesses where I make my money throughout the year. And one in particular, the biggest one being like the Christmas tree business in Manhattan every year. 
and seeing how successful that can be. And, and I, I, I've started to kind of open my eyes to more and more seasonal businesses. And I'm trying to pinpoint one maybe for Michigan uh, in the summer. So we'll see what I can uh, put together. Um, but I just I like the idea of different seasonal businesses because I've seen like multimillionaires who don't work that hard who have seasonal businesses. And it's incredible. And I'm not saying they don't work. Okay, let me rephrase that. They, they work hard, but they work hard for short periods of time. They'll be like a one month here, two months here, and then they're done for the year. Um, and that's really interesting. So and I've seen it with a bunch of different stuff. Even just out in California this last week, there was a, a by, um, I think it's Mount Everest. <laughs> no, whatever the big, like, big cemetery right by Warner Brothers Studios in the Valley. If anyone in LA knows what I'm talking about. It's a huge, famous cemetery in the Valley by the studio, Warner Brothers Studios and ABC Studios and all that, like Burbank area. Forest Lawn. That's it. Forest Lawn. Man, took me a second. It's because the street is Forest Lawn. But anyways, Forest Lawn. So in that area, I was coming off the highway, going up into the in the Hollywood, like the Hills Studio City, Hollywood area, and taking Forest Lawn to cut over to Barham. And like I'm seeing all these people lined up selling flowers and i'm like i've seen people sell flowers but it was like a crazy amount and i was like it was like like probably 50 people selling flowers truly like booths and like having tents and umbrellas set up selling flowers i'm like wow this is a big business but i forgot i'm like oh it's right by the cemetery and sure enough there was i think there was a funeral going on but even if not if you're coming to just visit a grave why not buy some flowers off the highway to put out i mean it's per, it's a smart super smart and then I was like, oh, man, this, they're probably making some good money. It's not a bad idea. I, even someone in front of me had bought flowers. And I was like, oh, damn, all right. And then I was leaving the next morning, heading back on the highway, and I saw one of the guys setting up his flower stand with a Porsche Macon. It's like a $80,000, $100,000 SUV, and he's setting up his flower stand with his Porsche Macon. What? Hey, man, don't knock seasonal businesses. Don't knock the blue-collar hustle. I'll tell you that. Cause some of the richest people I know put on a pair of overalls every day, right? But imagine if those same people making that flower coin would take it and put it into options contracts like Pelosi. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Right? That's what we're trying to do here. Hey, man, we can't beat them. Join them, right? I'm not going to stop this, this machine that is the stock market, that is, you know, cabinet members insider trading. How the hell is that going to stop? They make all the decisions. They're not going to vote against their own interests. Of course not. It's like city councils voting to give themselves a raise every year. It ain't going to change. Why would it? But realize the game and get in on it. That's my point with everything. Learn what it is and learn to operate within it. So that's what we're going to keep doing, both with long-term investing and hopefully with options trading with uh, the Keanu Trades way. So I'm going to get out of here on that. Uh, if you have any more questions about that option stuff, or if you want to get some of that material, shoot me, shoot me a message uh, or Keanu Trades. He's on Instagram, Twitter. You can find him. Uh, shoot him a message. Mention my name. He'll help you out, I'm sure. So hit up me or Keanu. If you want Weeble, get that shit. I'll try to put a link in the description. I tend to forget, but I'll throw the link in there. If you don't have a Weeble, get a Weeble. You'll get some free stocks for joining or for opening an account. Get quite a few free stocks too. So it's worth like almost a guaranteed like 20 bucks. So hey, if you want a free 20 bucks, open a Weeble account under my link in the description of this episode. All right, I'm out of here. I got to pack. Shit. Bye.